Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? Bringing out podcast back again. It is June 27th as I record it, 4th of July, right around the corner. Hopefully your summer's going well. Uh, in the in the slow time of the NFL calendar, for sure, but don't worry. That's why I get paid the big bucks. I actually got to think I got a lot going on today. With NBA free agency starting, uh, I think there are some parallels and some interesting things I, I've just... It got me thinking about the NFL and just one thing they really have going for them. Because I thought forever free agency in the NFL wasn't that interesting because big players did not ever hit the market. Like the equivalent of LeBron, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. Like that level player in his prime never hits free agency. Uh, but the NFL has had a drastic change that I think has really helped that period out. Drew Brees gave Zion... Uh, a signed jersey and basically said like he's passing the torch and it got me thinking like Zion if he becomes LeBron James or a player of that magnitude which hopefully he does I don't know if you saw when he got drafted he started crying it, it was awesome but I think there are several quarterbacks right now that can have a Zion type impact on their team uh, and we'll dive into that and then I did the AFC East I did the NFC East Today I will do the AFC South, and then I'll do the NFC South next week. I may only have one podcast now next week, 
Fourth uh, of July falls on Thursday, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll do two. We'll take it. Uh, we'll take it day by day, uh, and then we'll get into the Middlecoff mailbag as I do on every show. Fire up in my DMs at John Middlecoff on Instagram, and I'll answer your questions here upon the podcast. But let's start with this. You know, not everything in, in sports is black and white. Like I, I, I do think there's a point in time, like the NBA, for example, has basically become like the Us Weekly of sports. Their off season is way more captivating and interesting than their than their actual product. And is that a good or bad thing? I, I think they've kind of hit the slippery slope now where it's almost a bad thing. Like you need your games to matter in sports. And I say this all the time, the greatest thing football has going for it is the sport is there just urgency to every game. Because every game matters. You just can't really fake it, right? You only play 16 of them. The inventory of the amount of games are dramatically smaller than baseball or basketball. Clearly than baseball. But even the basketball. I mean, you do the math. 82 divided by 16. Uh, I'm not a mathematician, but what's that? 7? 6? 5 times 15. 4 times 15 is 60, 75. Yeah, so it'd be like be like 5. So it's like, you know, I mean, every game is like a fifth of the season. That's It's a big deal. And I, I, I think the NFL forever... Like, NBA free agency this last, like, 10 years with LeBron changing the sport has become a really big deal because big-time players hit free agency. And these guys have gotten so rich that they're in such a different world than even, like, NFL players. They're making CEO-level money. They can turn down millions upon millions of dollars. People sign up in my DMs and when they're asking questions for Middlecoff Mailbag often go, like, you know, do you think this guy would take less money? And in the NFL, the simple answer, whenever you're talking about an NFL free agent, they, they don't worry about as much about fit, about coaching staff, about all, all that stuff is secondary. The money is always first. Because if you get dramatically more guaranteed money, you can't turn that down, especially in a sport where your career might not be long. Think about this, like LeBron James going into year 17. Year 17. Most NFL players' career lasts like 10 years, like good players, 12 years. Like It's crazy to see a non-quarterback go 15-plus years. But the NBA, they do have, like this next week, is a big week for them. You're going to have a lot of, potentially a lot of player movement forever. And I, I found this out when I went to the NFL. I was like, oh, NFL free agency. And I remember, I vividly remember putting up the board in the Eagles office with the magnets of all these names of, I remember at the time it was like Ray Rice, the Haloti Nada, uh, Namdi Asamoah. That was a swing and a miss. But just a lot. Logan Mankins and all these guys' names who would always get franchised. They would always, and they'd never hit the market, which I always, I'm adamant, and I believe this to my core. That's another thing the NFL has going for it. It can keep players if you want to keep them. And the number one thing for the consumer who literally pays for every penny of pro sports. You can't just screw them over all the time. And I think sometimes in the NBA, they're kind of getting toyed with a little. The the fan. Because the fan starts out, and I, you guys all reach out to me, I'm a so-and-so fan. You're a fan of the team first. But the NFL, for a long, long time, just didn't have as much movement, impactful movement, in free agency. Really, the big off-season moment was always much more tailored to the draft. right? Their draft was really the most important draft even unlike the NBA, because every round is producing guys that are going to have big impacts on Sunday, immediately. Like, second-round picks in the NBA are going to suck. 
In the NFL, like seventh rounders are going to be starters. But free agency always left something to be desired. And then this kind of new wave of aggressive GMs, younger GMs, have made trading such a big deal. Look at the amount of players. Like these, this list of players, they actually didn't sign as free agents, but they basically were used like they were in free agency. Odell Beckham Jr., a year after he signed his big deal with the Giants, traded. Frank Clark, who they weren't going to franchise, traded. D. Ford, traded. Amari Cooper last year, traded. Khalil Mack, traded. I mean, obviously John Gruden added to this list. Brandon Cooks, traded twice. Uh, Oh, I thought it said Peterson. Marcus Peters, the corner from Kansas City, traded. Now, Andy Reid has his hand in a couple of these. He's always been a very progressive mind and very aggressive. But I think a lot of people now have kind of come to that level, and it's added a lot more intrigue. So the NFL free agency market now, the most interesting part, unlike the NBA, where players literally are just unrestricted free agents, you can't franchise tag me, and I just leave. Because if there was a franchise tag, what would happen right now? Uh, Kawhi Leonard would get franchise tagged. Kevin Durant would get franchise tagged. Kemba Walker would get franchise tagged. Clay Thompson, they would just max out, but they would franchise Kevin Durant and they would max out Clay Thompson. Like, that's what would happen. But instead, in the NFL forever, it was like, God, these guys are never going to leave. Well, now they just get traded. Like, Jadavion Clowney, what's going to happen to him? I don't know. He might, if, if he gets traded in the next month, would I be shocked? No. I actually kind of expect it. So I, I do think the NFLs adapt that way. And that their free agency now is basically just the trade market. It's no longer just these unrestricted. I, I'm excited for next week because it's always cool when there's movement. Uh, and the NBA is like at the at just like the apex right now of movement because you have a, a super star-studded free agency class, and it feels like a lot of them are going to move teams. Where in the NFL, you're like, oh, this guy's not going anywhere. He's going to get franchised. But now we see because of the turnover in head coaches, there's been a crazy amount of turnover with GMs these last several years. These players getting traded. And they've been, like the Odell Beckham trade was one of the crazier moments of the year, right? Frank Clark, D. Ford kind of swap was nuts. The Cleo Mack trade is still one of the crazier trades ever, given how much they gave up, how much they ended up paying him, how that trade. And it, well, the great part about trades, and that's what's kind of cool about the Anthony Davis trade, is that there's always so much to it, like... The Raiders got the two first-round picks, but they didn't think the Bears were going to be any good. And then the Bears won the division, and and the pick was 23. I think they thought the pick was going to be 22. So when you just see a guy leaving unrestricted free agency, he just leaves. Part of like when you get a big trade is usually have to throw in some sweet draft picks. Well, then there's that whole elephant in the room. Well, what if the team is actually good? Is that draft pick going to be good? Is that draft pick going to be bad? That's the big thing with Anthony Davis, right? They have all these trades coming up in like 10 years, or maybe not that long, like seven, eight years. What's it going to look like? It could be ugly, or it might not phase them. There's so much unknown with these trades. I, I actually am more of a, I'm more of a sucker for a sweet trade than I am just an unrestricted free agency signing in any sport. They're always got a little more juice to it. And the NFL now is kind of making a killing off the trade market. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. 
So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I saw a pretty cool video the other day. It was, I saw it on like, it might have been during Colin's show or maybe on Twitter, I don't even remember. It was Drew Brees had gifted Zion a signed jersey and I think he wrote on the jersey or left a note basically saying, 
I'm passing the torch. Like, this is going to be your city now. And Zion, who is just as likable of a young pro athlete as I think we've ever seen. I mean, maybe since, like, 92 Shaq. Uh, Maybe, like, a super young Brett Favre. There, There is a select few of just guys that are vibrant, elite talents, always smile. Every kid wants to know or have a piece of apparel with that guy's name on. And the parents are proud to get it. And I think he's one of those guys. Obviously, Drew Brees is kind of one of those guys, too. Uh, but he became it a little older in life. But it got me thinking. Like, in the NFL, to have a Zion, a true, true franchise changer, he has to be a quarterback. Like, last year, I've become a pseudo uh, Chicago Bears fan. I've kind of helicoptered in. You know, if Matt Nagy ever left, I don't know if I'd be as big a fan, but I got some buddies, know people that work in the organization, and then they got Khalil Mack, who was my might have been my favorite player in the league. It was awesome. But just him by himself, and he was he helped them become a solid team, and they cuz they were going to be good last year. He took them to a new level, won the division. But like in the playoffs, it was kind of up to Mitch. Like if the Bears are going to take a huge step, it's going to because of become Mitch's team. Like, he's going to, even if their defense stays elite, like, he's going to have to make plays in big games. We, we all know that. I'm preaching the choir here. There's probably not a business like this in all of America that, at, at that level, billion-dollar business that is dependent more on one human, even more than the coach, more than the CEO, more than the owner, just the quarterback. If you have a badass quarterback, you can overcome everything. Now, eventually, you may hit some rough spots, but you will win if your quarterback's a badass. And I started looking around the league, and I just wrote down a couple guys. Like, if your quarterback hits, like, boom, the Colts draft Peyton Manning, franchise change. Boom, the Patriots hit on Tom Brady, franchise change. When Ron Wolf traded for Brett Favre, it's basically like having an NBA superstar land in your lap. It changes your franchise forever. And clearly, we have a couple guys kind of in their prime that are great examples of that right now. Obviously, the older guys, the Roethlisbergers, Brady, Breeze, you know, even Rodgers. But I think we got two guys in the sweet spot, right? Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. Now, Luck was a little unique because he was replacing Manning. So their franchise was already pretty elite. But it was basically just because of Peyton. We saw Peyton removed. They were terrible. Peyton missed the season. They were one of the worst teams we've ever seen. And then they got Andrew Luck. Boom. Didn't skip a beat. Seattle's probably a better example because the majority of my life, I guess there was a little period with Holmgren when they got good, but for the most part, Seattle sucked. And then when Pete Carroll went there, they were in major trouble, and Russell Wilson changed their franchise. Now, he wasn't Russell Wilson at first, right? Their defense kind of did. But they've been able to maintain, sustain, and do everything because of him. I looked around the league like, Who is likely to kind of be the next Zion, in theory? Now, again, I'm not saying these guys are Zion-level talents. We don't even know. We haven't seen Zion play a game. But I'm assuming he's going to be a great NBA player. Health, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be elite. Well, there are several quarterbacks right now that have a chance to change the franchise. We just saw one last year. became, And again, he was drafted to a team that was already good. But it's pretty clear that Patrick Mahomes is an absolute franchise changer. Coach Reed's never won a Super Bowl. The Chiefs have never won a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. 
I got might have to check my NFL history. Maybe they won one way back in the day. Was that the AFL? I, I, I got to check my NFL history on that one. But they hadn't won a playoff game in forever. Uh, again, born in '84, so don't don't shoot the messenger here. But clearly, Patrick Mahomes, for as good as that team's been, in a large majority of my adult life, the Chiefs have been good. They were good in the '90s with Marty Schottenheimer. Then they were good when uh, when Vermeil went there. Now their defense wasn't good, but they scored a lot of points. Remember a couple years ago, even Scott Pioli, as bad as it got, they made the playoffs. Coach Reed has made the playoffs like before Mahomes, four out of five years. But it's pretty clear, like this guy, it's like going from a good NBA player to like landing Kevin Durant. Like the Warriors were good with Harrison Barnes, and then they got Kevin Durant. It was like game over. Like I promise you, if Mahomes stays healthy, he's going to win a Super Bowl in his career. Like that's going to happen. So that I wouldn't even put him quite in the in this kind of group because he's already established he is elite. Right, I, I know that. Here's the group, though, that I think can get very interesting. The three guys from last year. Darnold, Allen, and Baker. I would even put Rosen on the side, just because he's already been traded. I, I just I and I like Josh Rosen, but I'm gonna put I'm gonna red flag him. Not necessarily in a bad way. I, I just don't even know what to do with him yet. I know this. The New York Jets have been an absolute dumpster fire the majority of the last twenty five years. Sam Darnold can change this all. And now he's got an offensive head coach. I'm a big Sam Darnold believer based on his college stuff. I'll be honest, I didn't watch that much of him last year. I'm not putting that much stock into last year. They had a dead man walking as the coach. Their wide receivers sucked. They had no offensive weapons. Their offensive line wasn't good. I think we can start evaluating him now. But he definitely is is that type guy, in theory. Him and Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen... The Bills now, they just broke the longest streak of not making the playoffs in the NFL, right? It was since 99. I'm not a math major, but pretty sure that's 19 years, maybe 20. Depends if you count that 99 year. Uh, that's a long time. Now, I'm not the biggest Josh Allen believer from a talent standpoint. Love the human. Follow him on Instagram. Big fan of the person. He's the type of person you want to bet on. I just not a huge... Like, I, I have a philosophy. If you're really inaccurate in college, you're probably going to be really inaccurate in the pros. It usually doesn't change overnight, and that's his biggest issue. They haven't really, they added a bunch of midget wide receivers, so I don't expect him to just hit a bunch of these guys when their catching radius is small. Now, maybe he'll prove me wrong. I'm rooting for him. But if Josh Allen becomes a superstar, I mean, he, he would change the course of the Bills franchise. Baker, who I think has already been anointed this level, like, he's the Zion of Cleveland. Like, let's pump our brakes a little bit. But I will not dispute, it does feel like Baker has a chance to be pretty special. And unlike Darnold and Allen, you go, well, his team's pretty equipped. Like, that's the one thing about Zion. Zion's showing up to the Pelicans. They got Brandon Ingram now. They got Lonzo Ball. They also have Drew Holiday. They got a Max Slot. They can go sign like Al Horford. Like, their team could be pretty good. The thing with Baker Mayfield's like, okay, I wasn't, I didn't start the first three or four games last year because of Tyrod. Then I came in, I was pretty solid. Have a little blemish because I didn't play that well against winning teams, but we had no wide receivers. You know, we had some weird stuff going on. Coach got fired, whatever. Now we can go. Okay, you got a loaded. I mean, you got a you got a lot to work with here, right? You got Odell Beckham Jr., who's one of the most talented players in the league. You got Jarvis Landry, who's one of the most consistent players in the league. You have Nick Chubb, who I think most people around the league would say he's one of the better young running backs in the league. You have this super talented. Uh, you know, offensive weapon of a tight end that can just fly, make plays. Like, you're ready to roll. And you got a division that's kind of in flux. Though, I wouldn't count out the Steelers. But, like, Baker Mayfield, 
I, I saw his his odds to win the MVP were twenty five to one. Like to me, he's got a chance. If the Cleveland Browns win the AFC North, now I don't necessarily think they will, but if they do, that means he's going to have a big year. And that means 35-40 touchdowns for Baker Mayfield and they win the North. The Cleveland Browns win the North, he'll win the MVP. Mitch in Chicago, and I don't think you'll necessarily see it this year because, and I'm not saying I wouldn't put Mitch in these guys' category, but if Mitch does become a really good player and him and Matt Matt Nagy's able to take him to the next level, like he'll have been a big reason to save the Chicago Bears. They drafted him number two overall. They traded up to get him one spot. That was kind of crazy. And let's face it, the Bears have never really had a quarterback. So if Mitch Trubisky can get this team where it doesn't just look like the defense is carrying him, because that's what it kind of was last year. Now, he had a couple moments. I forget who it was against. It was against like the Jaguars. He threw six touchdowns in one game. I remember watching it. It was like one of the morning games. I think he had five in the first half. It might have been against the Bills. I, I mean, you Bears fans know, but it was just... I'm like, God, if Mitch Trubisky looks like Patrick Mahomes right now. but So we've seen flashes, but if he ever becomes it and changes the, the course of the Chicago Bears, I mean, he, he will be a Zion. Now, again, I'm not saying that any of these guys are Zion-level talents because they're not. To me, the only Zion-level talent of the last like 10 years is Andrew Luck. But as we've seen over and over, like if you become a superstar quarterback – you become a rock star in this league. You become Russell Wilson. Like, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Deshaun Watson, who left a pretty bad taste in my mouth uh, in that playoff game just because you saw some of his deficiencies. Now, maybe he was just off, but his arm strength. He's had a pretty damn good, you know, special year and a half as a Texans starting quarterback. And the Texans, who have never won dick. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, they've won a handful of playoff games. They've never been to the AFC Championship game. Now, they haven't been around that long. But the facts are the facts. Like, this is a team that has really nothing in their trophy case. If he ever can get this team to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, I mean, this guy would go down as one of the most accomplished quarterbacks ever. National champion in college. Super Bowl winner in the pros. You would think if they're like a one or two seed, he's going to win an MVP one day. Their offense is pretty loaded. They have an offensive quarterback or offensive coach. I kind of like Deshaun Watson to become this the, the rock star out of this group. And then the last guy, he's a little older, but because, like, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play in New, you know, in New England. And rightfully so. Tom Brady was starting quarterback. But if you can be the guy to save the San Francisco 49ers, by far the biggest brand on the West Coast, you become an immediate rock star. Plus, he already kind of resonates. Like, like Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, I, I mean, to their fan bases they do, but I don't think the casual guy, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is much more famous than all these guys, probably beside Baker. Like, you say Jimmy Garoppolo, and part of that is just the Patriots, but the Patriots is part of his resume. And then I think he's trying to think. I guess Deshaun tore his ACL, but Deshaun was also a rookie when he tore his ACL, and he tore it in practice. When Jimmy, when you tear your ACL in a game and everyone's watching, it has a little more, like, magnitude and staying power with the fans. Now, it's the same ultimate result, like you're out, but when I watch you tear your ACL or you tear your ACL in a practice or an OTA, I think it kind of hits us a little differently. So I, I think Jimmy has a big chance to become, you know, just a superstar. Like, and, and let's call it what it is. I got Darnold, Allen, Baker, Deshaun, Mitch, Jimmy. Like, Mahomes already a star. That group of guys, probably out of the seven, one, two, three, four, five, out of the six, four of them are going to, we're going to, in five, eight years, go, that ah, they didn't live up to the hype. And probably one of them is going to become a Hall of Famer. 
and the other one's going to become probably like a Tony Romo. Now, I, you know, I, I'm still a big believer in Jimmy. I think Jimmy, I, I'd almost have him as the most talented of this group. I'd put Baker right up there too because Baker's so accurate. But Jimmy can't stay healthy. Darnold, I mean, you got the Jets working against him. The Bills, they just don't have the offensive piece. Like, you can see how it goes the other way fast. Like, Deshaun Watson clearly is just not going to suck because they already have good players around him. Mitch is getting the big wild card. Like, you probably bet against him. But I, some of these guys are not just going to hit, but they're going to be stars. Because if you get become a consistent winner in the NFL and you're the quarterback and you're young, we anoint you. We put you on a pedestal. I mean, hell, we've done that with Mahomes and... I mean, Mahomes just got to the AFC Championship game, but it's not like he's won anything yet. But I think we all, including myself, have him as a star. I can't wait to watch this group of guys next season. Okay, let's dive into another division. Earlier this week, I did the NFC East. Today, I will do the AFC South. Uh, We'll just work our way across the country. We're starting east, and we're moving west. I could have just jumped south or north. I just chose the south. So I'll do the AFC South today, and I'll do the NFC South next week. But the AFC South, just as a whole, I think it's fair to say this is one of the better divisions in football. You could argue it's as deep as any division in football. It might be the best division in football. Last year, you had two teams make the playoffs with a third. Basically, there was a play-in game week 17. I, I think just looking at it from someone that has no dog in the fight here, not I don't necessarily root for any of these guys, you know, people that I know, John Robinson, the general manager of the Titans, been on the show before, root for him. John Filippo, known him forever. He's with the Jags, root for him. Colts, I don't know Chris Ballard, but he seems like a cool guy to know. Uh, I know Collins' buddies with him. I just like him, and I like Luck. The Texans, I feel like because everyone hates Bill O'Brien, I just kind of like Bill O'Brien. But I don't necessarily, I don't have that many dogs in the fights here. Like, I, I don't really care. But I think any normal, unemotional football fan would go, God, this division's pretty damn good. Because it is. And what's the main reason it's good? Well, you got Andrew Luck. You have Deshaun Watson. He gets hurt, but he's still pretty good when he's healthy. And when I mean pretty good, I mean like a Alex Smith-like player, Marcus Mariota. And then you get Nick Foles. So it's a good quarterback division. But let's start with the over-unders, and I'll start at the top. The Indianapolis Colts. When you look at the Indianapolis Colts, made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game on the road against the Houston Texans. They were the wild card. Uh, Remember last year they started like, was it 0-4 or 0-5? And they just rattled off a bunch of wins. You look at their offseason, again, they're over and under is 9.5. First glance, I like the over. I think they're an 11-12 win team. They added Devin Funches. They drafted Paris Campbell, the dude that can fly from Ohio State. Uh, they they also their pass rush is kind of hit or miss. I know Demico Autry had a good year last year, but Justin Houston, who is he a little over the hill? Is he a great pass rusher anymore? Probably not, but he's still good against the run. He's a good player. Uh, that, to me, that's the biggest question mark. Uh, their DBs, you know, hit or miss, but their offensive line is much improved. Their wide receivers, as long as you got luck, are going to produce. They hit a home run last year with Eric Ebron. Uh, I mean, Quentin Nelson looks like a Hall of Famer. The middle linebacker they drafted last year in the second round, Darius Leonard, was a star. Their coach is solid. you got to like their team. I mean, I just you say the Indianapolis Colts, 9.5, it feels like I will be shell-shocked if they don't win double-digit games. And I, at the end of the day, like them to win 11 or 12. I think they win the division. You can get them plus 120 to win the division. The Texans. Uh, they had a 
you know, interesting offseason. Just fired their general manager. Uh, at, took a first-round offensive lineman who not the casual football fan has never heard of because he was a small school guy. They were jumped, you know, by Howie Roseman, the Philadelphia Eagles, before their pick for what many viewed as the best, uh, probably highest upside offensive lineman in the draft, definitely the best pass-protecting offensive lineman in the draft, Andre Dillard, and that's the big problem with the Texans. They can't pass-protect. Uh, I don't love Lamar Miller, but Hopkins is a star. Will Fuller's coming back. Deshaun Watson's a good player. Defensively, I mean, J.J. Watt, who I did not think was going to be anywhere near as good as he was last year, looks fantastic. Merciless is good. Uh, their DBs, I mean, their defense is always solid. Clowney has become a good player. He's kind of the wild card in this whole deal because he's franchised. Rumors are Bill O'Brien's not that high on him. They're definitely not going to pay him. Is someone going to trade for him? I don't see anyone breaking the bank for him. Kind of a complicated situation. I would imagine he misses all the training camp, shows up week one. Even that being said, I still think they're just rosters too talented. They have way too many blue chip guys. They got Clowney. They got Watt. They would have Deshaun. They have Hopkins. I mean, they have a, a coach that's proven he can win. I like them to win 10 games, so I like the over there. The Titans, to me, they're kind of the sleeper. Again, if Mariota can just stay healthy, they have proven they're a playoff team. When he plays, they win games because defensively their front seven is really good. Derrick Henry is starting to show signs like he's a good player. Deion Lewis is a good running back. Corey Davis had some flashes last year. They drafted A.J. Brown, who many viewed was the best wide receiver at Ole Miss, not D.K. Metcalf, and I would agree with that. They, they drafted the kid in the first round from Mississippi State, I think uh, Simmons is his last name, who tore his ACL that many had viewed people that I know in the league thought he was a locked top five, top seven player. They got him, what, like pick 18 or 19 or wherever it was late in the teens. Now, he's coming off an ACL. I would assume he's not going to play, so that's kind of – that has no impact this season. But big picture, I remember going to practice last year. Their team is talented. Like, they have a lot of good players. That's why every year they win eight, nine, ten games. This eight number – I, my first reaction, I just wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't feel comfortable taking the under because I, I just think they have too much talent. Vrabel's a good coach. Their coaching staff solid. Their offense was shitty last year. Well, they had a first-time coordinator. Where's he now? He's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. So their offense, could it be better? Maybe. I don't see why not. Uh, again, I to me, the biggest, I guess, question mark with this team, if you like the over, which would mean you'd probably think they're a playoff team because if they're going to win – you know, nine, ten games, you're probably getting a wild card. That would mean you'd probably take the Texans spot and they'd be an eight or seven win team. You're betting on Marcus Mariota playing. Now, you got to give John Robinson some credit. He made a pretty interesting, I'd say he made one of the more interesting moves of the offseason. He traded for Ryan Tannehill, a guy that's been a full-time starter since he's come in the, in the NFL. Now, he's often hurt too. But that is easily right now, now that Nick Foles is with the Jaguars, who we'll get to next, that's easily the best backup in the NFL right now is Ryan Tannehill. The other thing, it's hard to get hurt when you're the backup because you're not really playing. You're not taking all the reps. So I, I actually, and we'll get to the the divisional odds. Obviously, like I said, the, the Colts are plus 120. The Texans are plus 220. The Titans actually have the worst odds at plus 650. I if you like the Titans, I actually like them as a sleeper to win this division because, again, they, they are pretty close you know, all these teams, or the separation is not that far because all these rosters are pretty good. It, to me, it comes down to Mariota and just the execution of the offense. And then the Jaguars. 
Got a new offensive coordinator in John D. Filippo. They got a new quarterback. Let's let's call it what it is. They had to shake Bortles. Bortles was absolutely killing them. Uh, had some moments, but he, for the most last year he killed them. He was I, when I say had some moments, the year that they made it to the playoffs. I guess the playoffs. I mean, they made it to the AFC Championship game. They beat the Steelers. They won two playoff games just two years ago. You know what's crazy about Blake Bortles? Two playoff victories. Now, granted, one was the Bills. I think the final score of that game was like ten to three. But the second one. It wasn't all him, but he, he played pretty well in that game. They beat the Steelers on the road. <laughs> That's Blake Bortles, if he never plays another game in the NFL in his life, he can go, you know what? I beat the Steelers in the road in the, on the road in the second round. That's a pretty impressive accomplishment. So the Jags, to me, they lost Malik Jackson, who's, you know, I mean, a very good defensive lineman. They still have a stacked defensive roster, even though Jalen Ramsey's acting a little weird. Obviously, adding Nick Foles, offensively, you're going to have Marquise Lee coming back. Leonard Fournette was basically a disaster last year. Coughlin's in his ass. They're raising the standard on him. I never liked drafting Leonard Fournette in the top five, but he is a good player. He definitely should be much better than he showed last year. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if you got a couple 11-win teams with the Colts and the Texans, the Titans, you know, around eight or nine wins, and the Jags around seven or eight. Just looking at it, maybe as I go through all these, I'll find a better division, but I don't think there's a division with less of a drop-off from the best team, based on last year, the Colts, to the worst team, the Jags. Like the like when we just talked about the NFC East last week, the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants are like the Grand Canyon, when I'm just talking the roster. Like the Jaguars roster, if, if I said, Bill Belichick, if I said tomorrow, Bill Belichick is coaching the Jags, you'd be like, oh yeah, they can make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if, if I told you Bill Belichick was a coach of the Jags, you would bet a thousand dollars on plus, you know, basically four to one on them to win the division. I'd like them to win the division, you know. So th- their talent is there, uh, but again, I-, I think the sleeper of this division to me, if you like a sleeper, is the Titans to win the division at plus six fifty. But at the end of the day, if I'm taking the emotion out and not going with sleepers, I say Colts win it. They win eleven, twelve games. Texans come in at a solid ten, both over. Titans right at that eight. To me, that's kind of that sweet spot. I'd probably go push, meaning I would not bet it. And then the Jags at eight, I'd, I'd take the under, but that would be an under that I wouldn't want to touch. I, I, my recommendation would be I would not bet it. Uh, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, just a couple years ago, this was viewed as the worst division in football. And now I think w- when you look at it, if it's not the best, it's easily right up there. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. 
They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, last but not least, Middlecoff Mailbag. Answer your questions. Slide up in those DMs. They're always wide open. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Same as my Twitter handle. Uh, Easily accessible up on these internet streets. Hey, John. Love the pod. Me too. You've mentioned often that when it comes to NFL contracts, the guaranteed money is what matters most, at least in my view. True. However, doesn't the per-year average have a hit on the salary cap regardless of guarantees? Or are teams able to adjust that once guarantees are paid? Thanks in advance. Well, I've ta- I've spent a lot of time talking to a couple salary cap guys over the years. I-, I am not a salary cap expert. But 
and this is kind of off the cuff, so I'd, I'd probably have to write it all down to exactly how it works. But when you give someone a signing bonus, so I'll just use basic math. Say we do a two-year deal, $10 million per, so a total of $20 million, average per year of $10 million a year, and I give you $8 million guaranteed. Well, that $8 million guaranteed is money that you're getting paid no matter what. I can amortize that money, little Cal Poly accounting phrase, people like listening, like, you know, way, way to go out on a limb there with the amortization. So you can use that $8 million, you can cut it by half. So the four, four million to both years. So that number gets spread out over the life of the contract, which in this case would be $2 million. And then there are two separate numbers that matter for the salary cap. That's the actual cash you're getting paid that year and what it hits on the salary cap. And again, I think that's a combination of the guaranteed money of your average per year. I'd have to get someone that knows what they're talking about. I don't feel confident exactly how that number gets set, like the actual cap number, the cash flow being paid. And then there is the dead cap. And the dead cap's important because, like, if I pay you this, if my signing bonus is paid and all the guaranteed money is gone, I can then cut you at any moment for little to no impact on my salary cap. That's why when you see a new contract, and I let's say I give a guy $20 million guaranteed, well, it's going to be difficult to cut that guy in the first couple years and not get a major hit of just emptiness on my salary cap. But by year three, that's done. It's why it's also with a guaranteed money, like the signing bonus. Matt Ryan got a signing bonus, and I had a dude that runs an NFL like finances tell me, the craziest part about Matt Ryan's contract is that the point of signing Arthur Blank had to have $100 million on hand. And that $100 million signing bonus immediately gets put into escrow. And I think it has to get paid, like the actual signing bonus, within a year. And that's what was so nuts about Matt Ryan's contract. That's why when you see like Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, Derek Carr's contract, like they got $40 million signing bonus. So it's not as crazy. And then there's like the injury guarantee, which I look at as the normal guarantee especially for quarterbacks. Uh, but again, like I, I probably need to get someone on this podcast who knows a little bit more of that because it is really complicated. It's not like NBA-level complication, but you know, just in terms of the salary cap. But the contracts, by far, are so much more complicated than the NBA or the Major League Baseball because they're not all guaranteed. There are different bonuses. There are ways you can restructure contracts. That I need to get like a Howie Roseman. I tried to get him, but he went to vacation. Hopefully, we'll get him in the fall and talk a little bit about that because that's pretty interesting. When do you see the Colts making a deep playoff run, making winning the Super Bowl? I mean, I think in the next couple of years. I mean, I, I would, like I just talked about him earlier, I, I think they have a Super Bowl caliber team. Now, ideally, you'd want probably one more dynamic playmaker on offense. You, I mean, you would love like a Cleo Mack, but hell, you would just take like a. Just trying to think of like a solid pass rusher, you know. Just give me like eight or nine sacks. They they, they just need a little bit more of a consistent pass rush. But yeah, I, I I think they will be in the mix this year. If the 49ers finish below five hundred, let's say five and eleven, is it safe to say that Lynch and Shanahan both get fired? Uh, no, they signed six year deals, both of them, and coaches and GM deals are fully guaranteed. So Kyle Shanahan signed for over $7 million. Again, not a math major, but seven times six years. That's $42 million. The Niners are paying him no matter what. John Lynch, because he had another job and had leverage, 
got about $4 million. So combined, they make over $60 million. So I, I, I think at minimum, these guys are getting four years. And I'd be shocked if they don't make it till five. Now, if they go five and 11, and I live in the Bay, for those that are new to the podcast, people would be pissed off. And the heat would be on, and rightfully so. I've said over and over for Kyle, if Jimmy's healthy this year, you can't be as good of a coach as we all consider Kyle to be, myself included, and not make the playoffs once in your first three years. Like, it's time to piss or get off the pot. It's time to get something done. Or I'm just going to start viewing you as a really good offensive mind, but struggle as a head coach. Again, the wild card here is Jimmy's health. If Jimmy is healthy, they should make the playoffs. To me, it's that simple. Or, you know, when I say make the playoffs, if you win nine or ten games and miss the playoffs, I probably could live with that. But you can't be, you can't, at minimum, you got to win nine games. You got to win. You have to win. Sean McVay, two years, two playoffs. You know, it's time to start winning. I'm a big Colts Andrew Luck fan, and my friend is on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon. We have debates all the time about which quarterback is better. Come on. It's not a conversation right now. And which has the higher ceiling. So I want to hear your thoughts about who you'd rather have better for the franchise for the next 5 to 10 years. Well, 10 years because Luck's 30, you'd rather take Baker. Because Baker's 24, 25 years old. So he'd only be in his mid-30s. But the higher ceiling, I will be shell-shocked if Baker is ever as good as Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck took one of the shittiest teams we've ever seen and took him to the playoffs as a rookie. Then, then his second year and third year, he won a playoff game in his second year. and his third year, he won two playoff games. Along that road, he beat Peyton Manning. And then look what he did last year. They started 0-5, coming back off missing the season. Boom, starts getting a rhythm, takes his team to the playoffs, win a playoff game. The chance that Baker's ever that good, to me, are slim to none. For Baker to be better than Andrew Luck, he basically just has to be a Hall of Famer. You just would assume he's the next Drew Brees. So I, I would say that Andrew Luck is just a superior player. I've seen him win. I've seen him win big games. I've seen him go on the road win big games. I've seen him win divisions. I've seen him, there's nothing I haven't seen him do except win a Super Bowl. Like, let's, Baker's been starting for, I, I think the Baker hype, again, I'm a Baker fan, but I think it's borderline out of control. I mean, we talk about him like he's like Brett Favre already. Let's just see him win a game that matters. He hasn't really, he has literally not won a game that has mattered yet in the pros. Hasn't won one of them. And he plays for the Browns. Like, it's hard to shake dysfunction. Who have a bigger following, the Niners or the Raiders? I mean, I don't, the, the 49ers, people get so mad about me around here. The 49ers fan base is dramatically larger than the Raiders. And part of building a big fan base is winning. The Niners for 20 plus years, so multiple generations, won in one of the biggest markets in the country. And in like the 80s, football was still kind of a national game. You could suck people from around the country. Like, the Raiders think they're a lot bigger. The fans think they're a lot bigger than they actually are. There was an article last year, I think, in the Mercury News, like a local newspaper around here, that, like, and part of it was Al Davis was good of, like, you know, basically convincing his fans things were happening that actually weren't happening. Like, they were this big global brand. They were this big global band. Like, that's great in theory, but we've seen ratings. Like, when they're on national television games, the ratings dip. Like, the, the they went to Mexico, and all I've ever heard from the Raiders is, like, we own Mexico. The fans were chanting Tom Brady, you know? So let's just, I think the Raider fans think they're a little bigger than they are. Now, and I don't blame the fans. I blame the organization. When you suck forever, you do not grow, right? Businesses grow by having success. 
Like, how did the Patriots become... The Patriots are a way bigger brand. Why? They've been winning for 20 years. How did the Niners become such a big deal? They won from 1981 to 2000. They won for 20 straight years in the NFL. That's a long... The NFL hasn't been around that long. What Super Bowl are we on? Like, 55? So they won for 40% of it? Think about that. They won for 40%... Like, the Patriots. The, the NFL is what? Again, I, I might be off on my Super Bowl at 52, whatever. The Patriots have been winning now for 20 years. So that's 40% of the history of the sport they've been winning. Like the Raiders had a stretch where they won for like 12 years. But that was also like the time to win was like post-90. Because the, the population growth, the internet. If you haven't won in the internet age at all, that's a huge part of it too. Like the Niners haven't won that much in the internet age, but they're three years of winning in the internet age. It was one of the most impactful winning stretches we've ever seen in the Jim Harbaugh era. Because they went viral every five minutes. They were a big deal. So it's it's the Niners. And again, I'm not throwing shade at the Raiders. That's just a fact, every metric. I mean, I see I, my other podcast, there's no, when I talk about one and I don't talk about the other, like it's clear which draws more people in. In every metric. TV, radio, podcasting, you name it. Okay... Born in Long Island, and I've been a Giants fan since I was in diapers. As most Giants fans, I've been severely disappointed in the overall direction of the team is going. First, passing on Darnold, trading Odell, letting Landon Collins go, and then Daniel Jones. It pays me to say, but I hope Dwayne Haskins puts a hurting on them twice a year for a couple years to show how incompetent Dave Gettleman truly is. I guess my question is this. I'm kind of ad-libbing. He's not saying all this. I just like throwing my own words in there. Uh, how likely do you think... It is that Haskins becomes a star, and Daniel Jones continues to be Daniel Jones. And at 27 years old, is okay to jump ship and become a Jets fan. Thanks, homie. Uh, you know, I, I watched a decent amount of Dwayne Haskins, and I thought he was really good. But I never deep, deep dive studied him. A couple of my buddies that I rely on for all my like hardcore, like if he tells me something, I'm gonna have a take on it, and that's I'm, that's he's gonna m- kind of map out my stance. They didn't like Dwayne Haskins that much. Now, they didn't really like Daniel Jones that much either, but I actually had a, I had a buddy that does the SEC that thought Daniel Jones was a solid player. Thought he was like a late first-round pick, not the sixth overall pick, but liked him. So, yeah, I, I would... I think there's a better chance that Daniel Jones is just not that great and that Dwayne Haskins is also not that great. Like, that, to me, is how it's probably going to play out. I, I say this all the time. Now, and I'm... I'm not the most loyal of a sports fan. Like, I grew up, part of it was because when I got to the NFL, I stopped giving a shit. Like, I grew up a huge Niner fan. But then once I started working for the Eagles, like, I'm trying to beat the Niners. And the one year they beat us, like, my second year, it was a big, it was a big loss for us. So I didn't want them to win. And you kind of lose, and then you start, like, get my friends start getting jobs. You know, like, Matt Nagy gets a job. Like, I like the Bears. Now, I want the Niners to win because it's good for me financially. But I, I don't have any... It, sports don't resonate with me quite like it once did as a fan just because I'm making money off it. Though, I, I, I do root for people. And when I know you or I like you, I go all in. And I say this all the time and I get it. Like I, I've, I, I'm i still probably the, the only team I'm, I'm a true fan of is the San Francisco Giants. 
I think right now they have some joke qualities. Like their president is currently suspended because he tossed his wife on the ground. He's also been leading the charge to land all these free agents like he's George Steinbrenner, even though he actually doesn't own the team and he can't land a free agent to save his life. I've had enough of them. And I've become somewhat of a whore as a sports fan, meaning like I grew up hating the Dodgers. But I'll be honest with you. I like the Dodgers team. They're very enjoyable to watch. If you're going to hate, like if you're going to be a diehard fan of a team, and your team is going to suck for a long period of time. It basically being like in a shitty relationship and refusing to get a divorce or break up. Like it's kind of stupid when you think about it. And if she ever changes, you can always go back to her. Like you're always welcome back. It's a great thing about fans or about teams. They'll always allow you back. They'll always take your time back. They'll always take your money back. So yeah, if you want, if you like Sam Darnold, root for Sam Darnold. You don't have to be like a diehard Jets fan, but you can just like, you know what, I'm a Sam Darnold guy, or whoever you like. And that's that's what I've become as a sports fan. It's become a lot more enjoyable than just when your team sucks, it's miserable to root for them, especially when they're going nowhere fast like the Giants are. So I think a lot of like diehard fans will say, like, you're a sellout. Yeah, the, here's the thing. It'd be one thing to like, listen, I hope Daniel Jones does well, but once you realize he sucks, like he sucks. Odell Beckham is one of the most talented players the Giants have ever had, and they traded him. Like, you're supposed to support that? What I never understand about the people that say you can't turn on your team, so you're just supposed to have unconditional support like they're your kid, even though you have zero control over anything they're doing. And a lot of the decisions, especially when a franchise is, you know, kind of falling apart, is they do the dumbest stuff over and over that drives you nuts. It's just not a healthy relationship to be in. Like, it's it's been an easy relationship for people around the Bay Area to root for the Warriors. It's not an easy relationship if you root for, like, the Orlando Magic. Like, that wouldn't even be fun. I would never blame anyone if they were like, you know what? I was an Orlando Magic fan growing up, but I- I've been rooting for the Celtics for the last 10 years. I'm like, I-, I totally understand. So, yeah, I-, I-, I give you the green light. So people will disagree with me, but I-, I got no issue if you go become a Jets fan. Or at least, you- and-, and you can justify it being like, I was a big Sam Darnold guy. I wanted the Giants to draft him. I'm rooting for him. To me, that's what you say. You don't even say, like, I'm a Jets fan. Because at, at your core, you're not a Jets fan. Your true love is the Giants. But if you had watched Sam Darnold and you like Sam Darnold, then you follow Sam Darnold on Instagram, you're like, God, this is a high-level guy. I wanted This guy would have been, how did we not draft this guy? Now, part of it's like, well, we did take Saquon Barkley. That is the saving grace here. Like, if you are going to pass on, like, Brett Favre, but you do draft Barry Sanders, it's not the worst thing. Would you rather have Brett Favre than Barry Sanders? Yeah, I know that actually didn't happen. I'm just using this as a as a best-case scenario. And clearly, Saquon's already really good. But we all know like you can't just win with a great running back. You need a quarterback. So I, I feel you. What would surprise you more? If the Raiders had a top-10 defense next year, or if they win 10 or 11 games and win the division? Uh, I, I mean, I think both are impossible. I, I guess I would say... I don't see any chance on God's green earth they have a top 10 defense. They have no pass rush. Uh, Their DBs are okay, and they don't really have any linebackers. Like, could they win 10 games? Like, yeah, I could, you know, Derek Carr's an MVP candidate again. Gruden just gets in a sweet spot. Antonio Brown has a huge year. Tyrell Williams has a huge year. Josh Jacobs, the rookie of the year. They're, they're, They're built a little like they were, you know, Jack, the second year, Jack Del Rio, they made the playoffs. Elite offense, crappy defense. Because I or not that year they actually caused a lot of turnovers because of Mac, but I, I I to me they absolutely zero chance they were a top ten defense.
I, I think it's just like physically impossible. They don't have the players. Uh, what were some of your favorite things you did while scouting for the Eagles and some of your least favorite? Huge Eagles fan. I would say my least favorite things... Uh, start with the least favorite. I would say just doing pro scouting over and over. It gets kind of boring. Just just evaluating players. Like the great part about college, like I love college scouting. Because you're basically evaluating people. You're getting to watch the player and project the player and then learn about the person while interacting with a lot of people. As a pro scout, you kind of just sit in the office and you just watch tape of players that you never get to meet, talk to, Majority of them you never even get to sign, you know? And unlike coaches that do a lot of that too, they actually, for a couple hours a day, every day get to go out in the field. As a press guy, you just keep watching tape. It just gets kind of monotonous. And as you can tell, I just got too much personality to be cooped up in a cage like a cat. I need to I need to be unchained, be on the move. So I, the pro scouting stuff was awesome. <clears throat> I, I didn't love this, but it was a pretty unreal experience, surreal experience, like being the Turk. Uh, cutting guys again, like I didn't take any joy in cutting guys, but it was just you know an experience you can't get anywhere else. Uh, things I don't miss, like just the the hours you have to put in in terms of. Sometimes I just feel like I'm not actually accomplishing anything, but I'm sitting in the office. But I also do appreciate like the grind of a football season and having a had a front row seat. And it was, I mean, college was just like this too, the same similar hours. But, like, when you play a game on Saturday or Sunday, just how much time has gone in from the scouting reports to the practices to the – in the NFL, you're, you know, evaluating the officials, keeping track of the weather, keeping track of the injuries. It's just – it's pretty awesome to be on the inside of just the weekly games, especially when you're a good team. Like, my first year, we were a playoff team, so every game mattered so much, and that that was pretty powerful. The other good thing is a lot of free food, you know, and – at the time, I was poor. I mean, hell, I'd take free food right now. You, I don't care how rich you are. You never turn down free food. You just get a lot of free food. You know, you just eat around a lot of food. Uh, you get, you know, my gym, I just found out, raised the price. I pay it. Again, it's the Bay Area, but I pay $170 a month for my gym. Now, it also is a hotel and, you know, basketball courts and pools and all sorts of shit. But still, $170, like, it's absurd. Well, in the NFL, I never paid for a gym. I had my own gym there. I had everything you need. Saunas, steam rooms, locker rooms. You had it all. So miss those little perks. Uh, something else I hated. The one thing I hated as a scout, and I think you would definitely feel this as a GM too, is just how powerless you are. Like in my job now, uh, I, I, I control everything that's said on this podcast. So if I were to get in trouble, if I were to go viral, if I were to have something positive happen, it's all on me. And not as much on this one. I don't necessarily sell the ads on this one, but my other one's like, I control my financial destiny. I, I just have much more control over my life. As a GM, definitely as like a road scout or a pro scout, you have no control over everything. You're just a peon who just is part of the craziness, but you don't actually get to control anything. Now, that's probably natural with any job when you're you know under 30. But it always, you know, if I, if I was 34 still working in the NFL as a road scout, you don't really have that much power. Where ever since I've been in the media, like, and the other thing is, you find out about this guy, John Middlecoff. Let's say I was a scout for whatever team. You have no clue if I'm good or bad. None. 
Does that guy know what he's looking at? Does he not? And there are a lot of people in the league that suck. Just like there are a lot of people that are good. But you, us on the outside, unless you actually work with them, and I was lucky. I got to work with, you know, like Howie Roseman. I was around Howie for my first, like, week. He realized, like, yeah, this this guy's pretty unique. I was around Brett Veach really quick. You're like, God, this, <laughs> this guy's a unique character. Lewis Riddick. God, this guy's a unique character. And then I got buddies that you wouldn't even know their names that are working for various teams that I, I would go to the mat for. They're as good of a scout as anyone in the league. But you don't know who they are. You know, so there's... There's that element, which I kind of miss. I mean, when you work, and, and maybe I was lucky in Philly, we just had a lot of like high-level guys, so I got to experience. I mean, I, I could have easily worked for another organization with a lot of slappies, but I, I would imagine there are a lot of organizations that get fired and people get blown out that actually were good. And, and again, maybe it's like this in every profession. I mean, I, I've been fired uh, multiple times in radio and in in the NFL, and I thought I was really good both times. Like I thought there wasn't anyone as good of a scout, or as, I was equally as good as anyone else, and as a radio, there was definitely, I was as unique as anyone on the radio and forever, my show crushed. But, you know, both times, management changed, and I got blown out, you know? So it's like, people are like, Middlecoff, you got fired? What are you, showing up late to work? I'm like, yeah, that's kind of not the business I'm working in. You know, it's just, it's a volatile industry. So, and that used to be something that just because you got fired, you were a loser. I think most industries kind of think like that. And then if you get into certain businesses, like Bill Belichick's been fired. Now, I'm not saying I was Bill Belichick at the NFL, or but I, I think all over the NFL, you see guys get fired every year that are probably pretty good. Like, I, I don't know Brian Gain, the Houston Texans GM. Was he good? Was he not? I don't know. You know, maybe he really was. Maybe he just got a raw deal. Or maybe he just actually was shitty. <laughs> that's that's the hard part about the NFL. Like coaches, we get pretty good, we got a good idea, right? Like Hugh Jackson, Jim Tom Sula. You're like, what are you doing? You know. But w- when scouts and front office people get fired, you're like, I guess if he's the GM and he's picked the players, like Mike McCagnan, it was pretty clear he didn't know what he was doing. But like Brian Gaines, I I got no clue if Brian Gaines good or bad. Hell, I I I would imagine most Houston Texans fans would be like, yeah, I don't really know. It was clear to like Brian Grigson, this over Hill. Over his head. And then Chris Ballard gets in there like, God, this Chris Ballard guy is pretty impressive. And even I at first was like, just because the hype was so strong, I was like, who is it? Can we pump the brakes? Now it's like, hell, I'll tip my hat. This Chris Ballard's legit. So, a little overview. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the 4th of July weekend. I guess I'll talk to you before the 4th of July. It's only June 27th. Uh, but I, I I freaking love the 4th of July. I got to love America. And uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the weekend. Talk to you soon. Peace. See ya. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.